Yeah. Hey. Oh, man, it's looking good in here today. I get to preach to you today, and I'm pretty excited about it. I feel like God's laid something on my heart that I just need to get off. And when you have a couple nights where you don't sleep because all you can think about is what you're going to say, you know that God's put it on your heart for a reason. And so I hope that you've come ready to receive as much as I've come ready to give because God has put something on my heart that's burning and I can't wait to get it off my chest so that I can go home and go to sleep. It's true. Have you ever had something like that? You ever had a conversation? You've been anticipating a conversation with someone. Maybe it's a hard conversation. But you've worked so hard at your, your prep time of what you're going to talk to that person about. And you, all you can think about, the car ride and everything, is, man, I just, I just can't wait to get this off my chest. I know I've, I've organized this thing out the wazoo. I know that it's going to be a good conversation. And when you get done with that conversation and you get in your car to go home, you just, you, you just sigh of relief. That's how I feel today. I feel like God has been impressing a, in a, a conversation on my heart to give to you today. It's a one-sided conversation. So I get to do all the talking, which is great. And in my family, that's awesome. We love, we love talking. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know what? There, there's, a, there's an atmosphere in this, in this place since I walked in this morning. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a heaviness, a, a presence in this room today. And it's special. It's, it's something special. And it's not to be taken lightly. And um, so I, 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 I love it. I, I was over here worshiping in the corner. And, and this section right here, you guys were crazy this morning. Let me just tell you, that these, these guys, they were, they were going hard. But I, maybe, maybe you're here, and, and, and I was just listening in the back for a little bit, and I heard a lot of, like, yelling. Like, oh, like, Jesus. You know, there's, like, a lot of yelling. And maybe you're here today, and, and maybe that weirds you out a little bit. But can I tell you a little backstory on that? God's done something huge in their lives. And the only way, you know, like, you ever get one of those moments where you just, oh, okay, this is a good example. Me and Brittany went to our first Flyers game uh, a little bit ago for Valentine's Day. And so, so we went to the Flyers game, and, and I had never been to a Flyers game. And we sat down, and, and I'm not much of a hockey guy, but, but I thought, you know, this would be fun. We had talked about going, and so I'm like, all right, this is cool. So we're sitting down in our seats, and, and they make their first goal. Now, when they make now, you have to understand something. Flyers they're, fans, they're, they're no joke, okay? They're telling people they're going to beat them up in the parking lot after service out in the, in the, like, the lobby area thingy. I'm like, I'm just trying to go to the bathroom. You really are, like, threatening this guy's life? What? Like, this is a team, right? So they were playing the Minnesota Wilds, and, and so we get in there, and they make their first goal. When they make their first goal, it was everything in me. There was, like, my seatbelt and my seat came off. I had to get up. And when I got up, I just, it was just, I just, I just yelled. It was just like, oh, like, I don't know what happened, but just go, what? I'm looking at Brent, I'm like, they made a goal. Like, I don't even like hockey, but this is huge. Everybody is standing. I got excited. It was like, oh, my word, what a moment. I didn't know that that little black thing, you could make it in that little tight net with that big dude standing in front of it. This is huge. It was incredible. And you know what? That's exactly what flashed back in my mind when I was standing in the back here because all these people, they had to get it off their chest. You might not even know what you're excited about, but you know that there's freedom in this place. You might not even know why you walked in here today. You might be with a friend today, and you might be like, yo, dude, these are a bunch of wackos. Well, guess what? The Flyers fans are a bunch of wackos. But I joined them. Oh, man, and every goal got better. 
It's like every worship song, it just keeps getting better. Power in the blood. I don't know why I'm yelling, but I am. This is great. Do you feel it? Or is it just me? Now, you have to understand something. I come from a family where I was born in a pew, okay? My mom's like giving birth, second worship song in. Like, I am like, I'm like church kid, okay? I'm, I'm as church kid as they come, okay? I spoke tongues before I spoke English. Like, <laughs> like that is me. Like, I'm, I, we, me, Elijah, and Allie, we are church kids, church nerds. We're, we weren't allowed to watch Lion King growing up because of the monkey. Like, church kids, okay? Hard church kids. But you might have come into this place today, never have stepping into church. You, 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 I don't know your story, but guess what? It's all good because, number one, there's never a cap on how many people can come to God. And number two, Jesus said any and all are welcome, no matter where you've been or what you've done. I don't care what you did 10 minutes before you walked in the door, and neither does he. And maybe some of you need to hear that. Maybe some of you churchgoers need to hear this today. It doesn't matter what they've done. Ten minutes before, five minutes before, two minutes before they walked in that door. I don't care if they sat out in the parking lot like Kurt Holtis, and he would love it if I said this today. And sh I don't know how you do acid. Do you shoot it? Do you snuff it? What do you do with acid? You open up a battery and just gulp it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a truckie. I don't know these things. <laughs> Man, I ruined my moment right there. I don't know how to do drugs. <laughs> well, but if any of you know, Kurt Holtis, he's a missionary over to the Dominican Republic, and he comes and speaks, and he actually did acid in the parking lot before he walked into church, and when he walked into church, God took away his high immediately. Let me tell you something, church, all you churchgoers, you Christians that come to church and you know, let me tell you, anybody and everybody is welcome and we want them here. We want them here. That's it. That's it. All we got to do is get them here and then we let Jesus do the rest. I love it. I love it. I love being in a hard conversation. This week I was sitting, uh, our office now has two windows sitting out in the parking lot and I was sitting there studying and, and this guy pulled in and uh, he had a malt truck and he got out of his truck and and uh, he got a walker out of the back of the truck, and he started walking by my window. When he walked by the window, I gave him, you know, an awkward high, and, and he waved back, and then he went about his business and, and whatnot. When he came back around the building, right at that moment, God impressed my heart, you need to pray for him. I'm like, really? I'm studying, okay? I'm trying to change people's lives here. He's like, no, you need to go change someone's life. I'm like, oh, man, all right. So I sat there for a few more minutes, you know, let him get to his truck. Maybe by that time he'd be gone by the time I got out there. And uh, this is human talking. I'm just, I'm just being a human. And so he got out to his truck, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So I, I walked out of the office. I got out the door, and, and, and I went around his truck, and he was loading up his walker. And I said, hey, how you doing today, man? And we just started a little conversation. By the end of the conversation, I said, listen, I know this is kind of weird. I said, but I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. He was like, okay. His name's Louie, and, and uh, he had been going through some, some body stuff, his lower back and everything. And we prayed for healing right there. Now, let me just say this. Did he walk away healed? No. And let me tell you, I came back inside my office and I sat in that window and I was waiting for him to pull out and then pull back in. Come back in and be like, oh, my 
my word. Whoever you serving, I want to serve. I was waiting for that moment. I really thought it was going to happen because I was preaching this weekend. I could talk about it, and God was going to give me a huge platform. That would be awesome. I'm serious. This is the things that are running through my mind. I'm like, God, if you make Louie come back in this, I'm, I promise you I will shout it from the mountaintops. Nothing. He never came back. Did you know you don't have to see it the first time? I think that was more of a test for me than it was for Louie. My wife called me uh, a day later. She had been calling. We're looking for a house. She had been calling on some houses and whatnot. A lady called her back, and uh, she, she was talking on the phone with her, and, and one conversation led to the next. And, and, you know, we're like, well, your house is way out of price, but we like to call on all the million-dollar homes just to see, you know, if you'd be willing to come down in our bracket about 120 maybe, you know, 90 grand, something like that. I don't know if God's been talking to you like he's been talking to us, but we feel like we're supposed to be there. <laughs> Guys, I'm not even starting my sermon yet. This is bad. we got to keep going here. But Brittany calls me. She calls me. Sometimes this is, gets in the way. So we're just going to talk about what God's laying on my heart. Uh, Brittany calls me the day, a day later after I had prayed for Louie. Or was it the same day? It was the same day. You're right. It was the same day. It was the same day. So I prayed for Louie. Brittany calls me. Okay, it's all coming back to me. About 30 minutes later, Brittany calls me and says, babe, I just had the crazy experience. I called this house uh, about a month ago. This lady finally calls me back. Told her, you know, price is way out of my, my range. She starts breaking down to Brittany, telling Brittany all this information about her and her struggles and what her and her husband are going through and all this stuff. We're moving. We're building a house somewhere else. By the end of the conversation, God's laying it on Brittany's heart to pray for this lady. So Brittany prays for the lady. Right there. Life change? I don't know. What was her name? Terry. I don't know if Terry had life change in that moment. But you know what I do know? Brittany got pushed. She got pushed. She called me. Babe, you're never going to believe what happened. I'm like, babe, you're never going to believe what happened to me. We both just prayed for people. Louie and Terry. I think, what? Maybe God is calling you to push you past your comfort zone so that you can do something you've never done before. These are big days, and if we're not ready for them, they're going to take us by surprise, but if we come in prepared and say, you know what, God, I'm honestly not strong enough to do this in my own power, but if you will give me 20 seconds of courage, I promise you I will do everything in my power to do what you've called me to do. Amen. That was for free. This is going to cost you. I've entitled my, my, my talk today. Prepare before despair. Prepare before despair. If you need to write that down, go ahead and, and do that now. Prepare before despair. If you're not ready and prepared, things can take you by surprise. And when they do take you by surprise, they wipe you out. Prepare before despair. I, I had a moment just... A few weeks ago where I was not prepared. And I have a few video clips here to show you uh, just a few video clips of, of my despair. So just, just watch this. Just started from the top there. Just started from the top. Give me some volume there. We got five minutes. Okay, we're done. Good. 
it's all good if it's not going to work. We got this. One more try. All right, it's all good. Not a problem. Hey. It's all good. Little, little, little side story. I went to the Y in the morning on a Saturday. Never been on a Saturday. And they didn't open until 6.30. So I sat in the parking lot for an hour and made videos in my car. <laughs> and then 6.30 came around and it opened and I, and I went home. I was exhausted. I was so tired. And so I sat there for an hour. I made videos in my car. And when 6.30 came around, I went home. And I sat down on the couch, and I had two bowls of cereal, and I loved my life. I'm telling you, man, it's good. Choices, choices. Prepare before despair. Prepare before despair. If you are not prepared, when a moment of tension or something crazy comes along, you will be in despair. I kid you not. It has been proven over and over and over again. Me and Brittany, uh, we sold our house, but we, ha we had a house in Avondale, and, and uh, it was a mobile home, a double wide. Yeah, good stuff right there. Double wide. If you know anything about double wides, they have about a three-foot to two-foot to one-foot to six inches uh, crawl space underneath, depending on the land and the lay of the land. So uh, mine started out kind of skinny and then, and then went to like this four-foot gap uh, between the ground and whatnot. And so one night we're laying in bed, and it's like 1030 at night, and uh, I, I hear something, and I'm like, babe, that doesn't sound like a mobile home sound. <laughs> and mobile homes do have a lot of sounds, but this didn't sound like a normal mobile home sound. And so I did what any good guy would do. I got down on the ground and put my ear to the carpet and tried to listen to what was crawling underneath my house. And so I got down, and, and I listened, and I could hear this like, and then I'd hear like a, oh, that doesn't sound good. So I got up, you know, I told my wife, listen, babe, whatever's down there doesn't sound good, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to bed, and tomorrow I'll get up and I'll take care of it, all right? Rest assured, we're going to be safe. So we went to bed that night, and I heard the scratching all night and drove me nuts. I woke up the next morning, and, and I was like, okay, babe, we got to go take care of whatever's down there, Okay. How it's set up is it's got a black plastic lining, and then you got the insulation and the floorboards, okay? Whatever's underneath there is driving me nuts now. By this point in time, I am taking, like, I, I'm, I'm tipped. So I go in, and I get my, my, my Carhartt uh, coveralls on. Yeah, you know. I might have skinny jeans, but I own Carhartt too, baby. Let go. All you men, you were like, whoa, he knows what a Carhartt is? Wow. Yeah, I do. I drive a diesel Kia. Come check it out after service. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow, we're in a mood today. We're going to need to get through the mood. Um, but, uh, okay, so, so I go underneath. I get prepared. I get my coveralls. I put my paintball mask on because you never know. I put my American bandana on. I got American flag bandana. put that on. got my gloves, my boots. And, and I crawl underneath the house, and I see this gaping hole in my black plastic underneath. And I'm like, that is not normal. That looks like a Sasquatch. <laughs> like, that is huge. 
So I tell Brent, I'm like, babe, stay out here, stay safe, I'm going in. So I get down on all fours and I'm, I'm crawling in and I get over to the hole. And the only way to get my head up in the hole in the amount of space that I was provided is to slide in on my back and put my face forward. Well, I know that when I do this, I've all of a sudden put myself in a spot of scariness because I can't just drop and roll and scoot. I have to literally work my way out of this hole. Hence the paintball mask. So by the time I got underneath there, my paintball mask was so fogged over from fear of breathing heavy. I'm like trying to wipe it out. I'm reliving the story right now. So I get underneath there. And, and, and I'm talking to Britt. I'm like, babe, if you hear me squeal, you just, you go get help, right? <laughs> I'm scared. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm laying down on the ground, and, and, and at, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going in. And, and I, just, I just, with my flashlight, I got up in a hole, and I'm looking down a hole, and all I see is two beady eyes. <laughs> that is the moment I turn into a woman. I literally threw the flashlight. I was like... <laughs> babe! I'm like trying to crawl out. I'm like, babe! Run! <laughs> There's something in there! Oh, I knew it! When I heard that last night, I knew it! I knew something was coming. I knew it! So immediately I called Paul. I'm like, Paul! <laughs> wow, really? It wasn't even supposed to be funny! So I call Paul, I'm like, Paul, uh, it's got green eyes. Green, what's got green? It's not red, it's green. Uh, okay, we're going we're gonna to walk through this, you know what this looks like. It was a cat! Are you nuts? Mmm. So, so... We took care of it, don't worry. A lot of decon. <laughs> I'm kidding, I threw that one in there, but that was, that was bad. I, a lot of cat lovers, I feel it. You know, cats are never mentioned in the Bible, though, so you should really consider. <laughs> I don't know. Prepare before despair. Prepare before despair. I want to read to you a story today, and this is a captivating story for me. This is a story that has now come to life, and the best part about this story is that it speaks truth from the beginning to the end. And, and this man that, that I'm seeing in this story, and, and this is in this particular time of his life. I'm not talking before. I'm not talking after. I'm talking this particular time of his life. God challenged him huge. And I want to talk about the challenge that he was placed in front of and how he was prepared. Uh, last night, I, my daughter, London, we, we were just talking about, sorry, I get emotional. My, my daughter knows the Bible and it, it makes me happy. She was asking me what I was preaching on today and I told her I'm preaching from Genesis 22 and the story of Abraham and Isaac. And she said, hey, I know that story. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I was like, tell me it. She told me the entire story. Word for word, better than I'm probably going to tell it today. I couldn't believe it. I just, I got down on my knees. I was like, babe, wow, you're four. That was incredible. Parents, teach your kids. 
It is so worth it. It brings joy to my heart to see my daughter know my Bible. And I say in my Bible because it is my Bible and it's your Bible. And if you'll take ownership of it, God can use it. Whoo, man. Genesis 22. It says, after all this, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham, yes, answered Abraham, I'm listening. Have you ever said yes, parents in the room, without really listening? I think Abraham was saying right here to God, saying, uh, yes, but just so you know, I am listening. I, I have full, full attention on what you're going to say. So speak, because I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, just reminding us of the love that Abraham has for Isaac, and go to the, the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. No questioning, no buts, just obedience. Next morning, Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. Now, I don't know if there was talk back from Abraham saying, man, really? But in my Bible, it doesn't say it. And all I got to say is no buts, no doubts, just okay. I want to be like Abraham. Abraham got up early in the morning and sat on his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had directed him. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son, to carry. He carried the flint and the knife. The two of them went off together. Isn't it interesting that, uh, Landon, will you come here for a second? You're going to be my son. Is that okay? You're a lot bigger than me and older than me, but we're going to use you as my son. Isn't it interesting that he took what he was going to sacrifice his son on, and just stand right over here, Panda, right here, right, right there. I just I put a little tape there for you right there. He took what he was going to sacrifice his son on, and he gave it to his son. And then he took what he was going to kill his son with, and he carried it. <laughs> this, is, this is now a day flint, okay? And this is a knife. It's the only knife Roman had. So we took it. Actually, it's London. She would kill me if I said it was Roman's. So he took his knife. And he took his flint that he was going to kill. Now, if it were me, wouldn't you switch the roles and say, listen, I'm going to kill my son. You know what? Servant, why don't you carry these tools? Because I don't even want to see these. And, and, and you know what? I don't want you carrying the wood because I'm going I'm to have to see your dead body on that wood. So why don't we just give that to the other servant? And let's just me and you go. We'll just go together. They'll bring the stuff. They'll set it all up. It's all good. Abraham listened. And so he said, you know what, if this is what God's asking of me, then I'm going to go 100% in. I'm not going to hold anything back, so therefore, yeah, I'm going to have to sacrifice your body in the wood. Here, here's the wood. You go ahead and take that because you're going to be on it in a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's funny, but it's true. And I'm going to go ahead and take the tools that I'm going to have to kill you with. God asked me something, 
I'm going through with it. God asked me something. I'm going through with it. Look at your neighbor and say, go through with it. Come on, say a little better than that. Say, go through with it. God asked me to do something. I'm going to go through with it. Isaac, carry the wood. Might not be easy. Carry the wood. I'm going to carry the tools. We might not love the outcome of this story without it being written in the Bible. You don't know what's coming. You think Abraham had this word and he was reading the Bible and he's like, oh, don't worry, Isaac, the end of the story is good. No. No, he is living in the moment. God says, go take your son and sacrifice him. Okay. I'm 100% in. I don't doubt you. I'm not going to question you. I'm in. 100%. Tools in hand. Wood with Isaac. Let's go. Thanks, Lana. I appreciate that. Are you 100% in? Are you 100% in? No matter what God calls you to do, no matter what he asks of you, are you 100% in? Isaac said to Abraham, his father, Father, yes, my son, we have flint and wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Abraham said, why is this dad around? This is right off the cuff. Son, God will see to it that there's a sheep for the burnt offering. And they kept on walking together. They arrived at the place to which God had directed him. Abraham built an altar. He laid out the wood. Then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the wood. Abraham reached out and took his knife to kill his son. Now, Landon, I won't bring you back up for this point because this would be weird. Built his altar. Tied his son up. At this point in time in Isaac's life, wouldn't you be like, Dad, you're crazy. What are you doing? Does it bother anybody else that Isaac didn't question what his dad was doing? I'm reading this story, and I'm really trying to dig in and really trying to study, and I'm like, God, why didn't Isaac question he never says anything in the Bible, and I don't know if, if, if someone knows something I don't know, and, and that'd be great if you did, because I'd love some closure to this story. Because Isaac never was like, yo, Dad, why are you tying me up, son? This is weird. Isaac just obeyed. He just listened. Abraham got down, took his knife out to kill his son. And at that moment, there was obedience here, and there was obedience here. Prepare before despair. Abraham was prepared to do whatever God asked of him, no matter what the outcome. And Isaac was prepared to be a son and do whatever his father asked of him.
we are not prepared for what God is asking of us, what our Father is asking of us. God knew he was real. God knew he wasn't joking because the next part, just then, an angel of God called out to him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham, whoa, 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 whoa. Again, Abraham says, yes, I, I, I'm listening. Now, don't you think this yes, I'm listening is a different, little different than the first yes, I'm listening? The first yes, I'm listening is yes, I'm listening, I respect you, I, I, I'm giving you all of my attention. This yes, I'm listening is yeah, I've been waiting for you to talk. Are you serious? I'm in a moment where I'm about ready to sacrifice my son. Yeah, I'm listening. I've been waiting for you to talk the entire walk over here. I've got my son in my hand. He's got his wood. I got my tools. I have put myself out there. We've walked up here. I built the altar. I tied my son up. God, couldn't you have done this before I tied my son up so I didn't have to explain this to him? Yeah, I'm listening. God pushes us pushes us. And if you're not prepared, there could have been a moment where Abraham said, I'm done. I'm done. I came down to this altar. I thought you were going to give it up, but you didn't. So we're done. I'm done. No. He was prepared. His love for the Father took over anything. He was ready until the end. So watch this. Watch this. Yes, I'm listening. Don't lay a hand on that boy. All of a sudden, the angel gets rude. You serious? You think I wanted to lay a hand on this boy? Like, really? Come on down here, angel. I'll take you out. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. You didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. Abraham looked up. He saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. <laughs> the first part of the story, obeying God came with a price, giving his son. The second part of obeying came with a gift tied to a bush. Ooh -wee. I'm going to preach here soon, I promise. When you obey, it might be tough at first. God might ask you to do some pretty crazy things. But the end of this story, after Abraham obeyed, the angel said, hey, whoa, 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 hey, what are you doing with that knife and that boy? Huh? Let's lay off that, son. Come on. Oh, 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 look. A, a stone's throw away. There's a ramp tied to a bush. So normally you'd have to go get something to sacrifice. Normally you'd have to find, hunt, do something to get to be able to sacrifice at this moment because he didn't have anything. He brought nothing but his son. God said, hey, listen, you obeyed. I'm not only going to give you what you're supposed to sacrifice, but I'm going to get it stuck in a bush so you can just go over and grab it. I'm going to make this real easy on you. You might be in the thick of it right now, but God always brings an easy end. It, 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 this, this is true. This is true. And it, it might be your life. You might have to give your life. But his easy end is heaven. Obey me. Obey me. Obey me. Obey me. But obeying is so hard if I'm not prepared. 
obeying so hard if I'm not prepared? Prepare. The Lord is there. Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place God Uray. God sees to it. God sees to it. That's where we get the saying, on the mountain of God, he sees to it. The angel of God spoke from heaven a second time to Abraham. I swear, God's sure word, because you have gone through with this and have not refused to give me your son, your dear, dear son, I'll bless you. I think he put that in there just to remind us <laughs> that this was Abraham's dear, dear son. There might be something you're holding on to right now because you think it's so dear to you, but God says, hey, if you'll just give it to me, I promise you I can take it and go hard. I, I promise you if you'll just give me that dear, dear thing to you, ooh, I, I can do so much more if you'll just give it to me. I'll bless you. Oh, how I'll bless you. And I'll make sure that your children flourish like stars in the sky, like sand on the beaches, and your descendants will defeat their enemies. All nations on earth will find themselves, find themselves blessed through your descendants because you. You mean to tell me all this comes from obedience? Really? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, God. You're asking me if I'll just give you this and, and obey in this. I, I, I can't know the outcome yet. But you're asking me just to give you this and then I might be able to see some fruit because so far all I feel like is I'm, I, I'm amongst thorns daily and I can't get out of it. And God says, hey, listen, if you'll just obey me, and give me what I've been asking you for. It might be tough. It might be a little hard. But I promise you, if you'll just give it to me, the outcome's going to be better than you think. There's three keys to preparing before hope is gone. Okay? Three keys to preparing, and these are my keys. You can't find these anywhere else, okay? So these work for me. Three keys to preparing before hope is gone. Key number one, you need to act now. You need to act now. When God calls you to do something, when he asked Abraham to go sacrifice his son Isaac, what happened? He acted now. He said, okay, done. I'm going to act now. Because if you don't act now, thoughts start to swirl. Like, well, was that really God? Did God really ask me to pray for Louis? Because I just don't know. Was that just my personal instinct? To, I just want to be a better Christian, so I'm just trying to pray for anybody and everybody. Or did God really call me to pray? You know what? I think if I just sit here a little longer, maybe that feeling will go away. Act now. Act now. Act now. When God calls you, act now. Act now. Second key to preparing before hope is gone. Dig deep. Dig deep. Dig deep. You think Abraham got through that with surfacey prayers? <laughs> you got something coming to you if you think that. Really? 
Abraham had to dig deep. It, it, there was a moment. There was a moment right there when, when, when it, hey, sacrifice your son Isaac. Oh, man, I'm going to have to dig deep for this one. Oh, God, you better strengthen me more than you've ever strengthened me. God, I'm feeling weak in this moment. Lord, i got to dig deep because only you can supply the strength that I need to be able to get through this. Maybe you're in a situation right now. Maybe you're in an addiction right now where you can't get out. And God's telling you, hey, if you'll lay that addiction down, if you'll give it to me and dig a little deep, I'll take it away forever. But you got to give it to me first. Dig deep. Dig deep. How do you dig deep? How do you, how do you dig deep? Prayer. How do you dig deep in your prayers? I'll say, I don't really know how to pray. Okay. What is, what is the right way to pray? Is there a right way to pray? Do I have to pray in a certain order? Not the last time I checked. And if there is an order, man, I missed it. I might pray different than you pray, but I've been getting a little more daring on my prayers. Ever since Elijah spoke that sermon of daring prayers, way to go, Elijah, love that sermon. You challenged me, you pushed me. Elijah beat me in arm wrestling the other day. Uh, he, he brought my tendonitis back. I still have tendonitis today, three weeks later. I can't even go to the gym anymore because of this hit. He's a strong little guy. Dig deep. Dangerous prayers. Dig deep. Dig deep. Man, I get in there. I just start having conversations with God. God, you know I've been struggling in this. Lord, I didn't even want to go out and pray for Louie. How do you want me to pray for myself? God, I'm scared because I know that if I pray dangerous prayers, you're probably going to bring dangerous situations. And I don't know if I'm prepared for that. So if you don't prepare me, God, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, there, okay, we're just going to keep going. I can't get into stories. If I get into stories, then we're going to stop. Three keys to preparing before hope is gone. Act now, dig deep. Three, push through until further notice. Woo! That's my favorite one. Push through until further notice. Abraham had a moment where he had to push through, push through fear, push through anxiety, push through doubt, push through all these things. Say, uh, God, I can't even believe that you're asking me to give my son. Push through. But guess what? Further notice came. And it was at that moment where the angel said, hey, stop. Now I'm going to give you the ram. Go ahead, take the ram, sacrifice the ram, and go for it. And from now, since you're obedient and since you did what I told you to do, I want to make everything flourish. Everything that is attached to your name is going to flourish. Push through until further notice. It's about time, church, that we, we, we lock it up. We're in a series right now beneath the floorboards. And I don't know what you have beneath your floorboard, but it's time we lock it up. We got to lock it up. You see, floorboards... They can easily be pulled up. So you can hide things underneath. But, but I think it's about time we go to Walmart, 
We've got a few of those padlocks with the codes on it that you can never remember the code anyways. Put a few codes in there. We start locking those floorboards up. Locking them up. It's down there for a reason. Let's leave it down there. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Put a padlock on every floorboard you got in your house. Lock it up. Let's lock it up. Let's lock it up. Let's lock it Because I don't want what's in the, that basement. I, I, I don't want what's beneath those floorboards. I, I, I don't want it up. Isn't that the reason we put things in our basement? So that once every nine years we can go down there and see what we have. Right? It's like that mysterious storage room. You're walking in like, whoa. I played with that when I was two. Are you ever going to play with it again? Probably not. But it's there for your comfort. We're all hoarders on the inside. Lock it up. Say it with me. Say lock it up. Come on, say it again. Say lock it up. Look at your neighbor. Say lock it up. Look at your other neighbor. Say lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up our doubt and release a little faith. What do you say? Say lock it up. Come on, lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up your insecurity and we release some confidence. What do you say? Say lock it up. Come on. I think it's about time we lock up our fear and we release some boldness. What do you think? Come on, lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up our past and we re-release dreams of the future. What do you think? Let's lock it up. Oh, I'm not done yet. We got more. I think it's about time we lock up our weakness and we release some strength. What do you think? Lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up your guilt, bondage, and addictions and release some freedom. Lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up your hate and release some love. Lock it up. I think it's about time we lock up your bitterness and release some forgiveness. What do you think? Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock up your sadness, release some joy. <laughs> Lock up your anxiety, release some peace. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. It has no control over you. It has no control over you. You have every right to own over your addictions. You have every right to control over your goals, saying, hey, listen, this is me, that's you, I'm going to lock you up. You have no power over me. That was one of my favorite things my dad taught us as kids, is that we had all control to take captive the thoughts that we were thinking and give them to God. And I did it a million times. I'm like, Lord, you know I don't like that person. Lock it up. Right? It's human. I know. I get it. I understand. I, 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 I get it. But I'm human just as much as you are. But God, lock it up. I don't want to have those thoughts about that person. I don't want to think that way about that business or that organization because I know how it's ran. Lock it up. God, I don't want to doubt you in my finances. Lock it up. Lord, I don't want to doubt you when I ask for a healing and I don't get it. Lock it up. Because I know you're an on-time God. It's in your timing, not mine. Lock it up. Maybe our preparation before despair is locking things up. Maybe, just maybe, we've lived so long with doing a week here and a week there of good. And then we run right back to the floorboards and we're yanking them up being like, ha, oh man, I've been missing you. 
Maybe our preparation is just locking it up. Saying, God, I give it to you today. I don't want it anymore. It's done. It's yours. Lock it up. Stand with me, please. Lock it up. 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 Maybe some of you are in this place. And when you go home on a Sunday afternoon, you take your salvation and you put it beneath the floorboards. Ooh, that one hurt. I know. No, no, you, you get it out again on Saturday night before church with the church closed, right? What are church clothes? Ever thought about that? Make sure to wear your church clothes. What are church clothes? <laughs> are they a little more spiritual than the rest? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I ain't got no Holy Ghost Yankees. Little hankies going in the back pocket, they all good. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe just maybe, maybe we've put too much emphasis on the way that we look more than the way that we act. Lock it up. Doesn't have any control over you. Maybe you're in the other seat today and you're the judger. They came to church like that. Do you know you're in the holy place? God's here. Really? You're going to come in here looking like that? Maybe, 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 maybe you were where they were, but you're not anymore, and now you feel like you have every right to judge them where they're at. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Don't go there. Don't be that. Lock it up. The worst thing that I can do is judge them where they're at, but all I want to do is reach out and grab them and bring them where I am. And say, if you will follow me, I can't promise you happiness, but I'm going to get you hopefully closer by just telling you a few stories of what God's done in my life. And then maybe just maybe that will inspire you enough to want to search on your own, and you'll be able to see what he's done in everybody else's life. And then maybe that will be the moment where you decide to lock up what you've been going through because I've chosen to lock up what I've gone through. And now we can walk through this whole thing together and everything can just stay at home in the basement locked up. I don't need to deal with it anymore. You don't need to deal with it anymore. Come with me. Let's go search out who this God really is. Lock it up. Lock it up. Are you ready to lock it up? Because if you're ready to lock it up, I want to pray this thing out. But I don't want to pray it out until you're ready. I feel like I've said lock it up enough times. I feel like 200 times is enough times for you to get it. Lock it up. Lock it up. How's this section? Are we ready to lock it up? Are we ready to lock it up? Kirk, come here. 
This is Papa Kirk. Come here. Come on. I'm on stage, honey. He's getting ready to go into surgery on the 28th. What are you going in for? Heart surgery. Heart surgery. Five bypass. Yes? Five bypass heart surgery. Now, do you think, do you think that there's no fear in this man right now? No! But do you think that there's hope and faith in someone in a higher source? My phone's been blowing up all morning about prayer for this man. All morning, my phone's been blowing up for you. My, my phone, you interrupted worship from people texting me to pray for you. God's going to do whatever he has to do to get your attention. Guess what? Papa Kirk's in God's hands. Five bypass, seven bypass. I don't know how many veins you got or thingies you got going to your arteries. You got going to the heart. I don't know. 75. What, what's going to your heart? I don't know. Lisa, what's going to your heart? How many? She, she doesn't even know. And she's a nurse. She's not a nurse. She's, she's a, I don't know what she does. She gives me medicine. Don't judge me. You don't even know me. Reach out your hand to Papa Kirk right now. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray. I declare big things, Lord. Lord, I pray for healing. God, but if you don't heal them before the surgery, God, I pray that you would lead and guide those hands to go in and do what only you know they can do. And God, I pray that you would be all-consuming over his life, over his home, over his um, afterwards, Lord, the healing process. God, I pray that it would be rapid in your name, Jesus. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... ready to lock it up. Come on, let's lift our hands. All over this place, if you don't know why we lift our hands, we lift our hands and surrender. You get pulled over by a police officer, he says, get out of the car and lift up your hands. We got a lot of police officers represented here. He says, lift up your hands. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Okay. Sorry. Why? Because we're surrendering. We're surrendering to the Savior, the Almighty God. That's why we lift our hands. We're saying, God, we give it to you, Lord. You're in control. You're in control. He doesn't have a gun on our back. But he has gifts in his hand saying, hey, come to me. I want to bless you more than you've ever been blessed. Come on, let's just pray. I want you to declare what you need to lock up right now. Give it to Jesus. Say, God, lock it up. God, I want to stop having those thoughts. I want to start thinking that way. Lord, I want to stop being hasty towards that person. God, I want to stop doubting you in finances. Lord, I want to stop doubting you in presence and healing. Lord God, lock it up. Take who I am and make me someone that I've never been before. Lock it up, Jesus. Push me past my comfort zone. Stretch me further than I've ever been stretched. Lock it up, Lord God. Lock it up in my life. Jesus, I pray today, Lord, that you would stretch some lives today, Lord. That you would push some lives today, Jesus. I pray for a moment where you tear down walls. Lord, you tear down walls, Jesus. And you let us build from the ground up, Jesus, as we lock it up today, Lord. Do it in us today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, take 20 seconds to just thank him right now for what he's already done. Go ahead, you can thank him better than that. Thank you, Jesus. 
everything that you do this week, remember, remember, you can't do it by yourself, but you can do it through him. So lock it up. You want to cut that person off and flick them off and everything, lock it up. Lock it up. You have anxiety about doing something that's big in your life, lock it up. Give it to God. God, if this is you, let me do it. I, I know her. This is Jess Weatherby. How you doing? Doing good. You have something to say? Wow. You're, you're, you're bum-rushing the stage right now. Where's my security? Forward. We got to get security up under here. All right. Here we go. God's doing something. I'm telling you. Get ready. because I have a lot of trouble speaking in front of people and there are a lot of people in here. <laughs> but if I could just say one thing, um, I had an experience about a week ago. My husband and I were at the flower show in Philadelphia and I was looking for some kind of plant and he made a joke about it. Like, you can just find that in the backyard. <laughs> so it turns out someone heard him say that and he uh, laughed at him. And so I turned around to, to face this man who had laughed, and he had a growth on the side of his face. And lately, I just feel like God's been putting me in situations where he says, you need to pray for that person. Wow. And that is, that is so hard for me because I am not one to step out. Wow. But God is taking me, someone who's full of anxiety and fear, and he's changing me. And he's not only using me, he's transforming me through using me for other people. And so I walked up to this man and I said, listen, I know this is weird. I know this is, I'm a stranger to you, but God is telling me I need to pray for you. And the look in his eyes was just, yes, please. So I prayed for him and he hugged me afterwards. And there's nothing better than feeling the wholeness of God run through you as you pray for someone. So step out. There's nothing better. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock up your fear and anxiety. Lock it up. It's got no power over you. Lock it up. Woo! I think we should sing this one time through and then we'll get out of here. What do you think? Come on, lead us, Landon. Let's do this. Are you ready? Come on, let's worship harder than you've ever worshipped. Lock it up. Lock it up. Come on, let's sing it. Hey.